You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is part two of my conversation with RM Layton today. It is a full preview of the Miami Marlins and Washington Nationals series coming up this weekend. I will be attending the second game of the series on Saturday and give you guys a full report of what it's like to go to a Nationals game right now, kind of the game itself. But I think a lot of people are wondering, hey, what is it like to go to a ball game right now in 2021? What are the protocols like? Uh, you know, even from getting your food to you know, getting drinks to how far away are you from other people? You know, will they increase capacity? So kind of going to be fun to explore all of those things from pregame, during the game, postgame, all of that stuff. Have a full report for you guys uh, coming up on Saturday's show. We'll also talk about the Friday game after the show tonight as well. So full weekend of content uh, content coming your way. And right now it starts the preview of the Nationals and the Marlins with Arm Layden of Locked On Marlins and Locked On Prospects. And so, I, you know, here's the thing, though, Arm. People talk about how this division struggled so far. I get it, but, like, this division is not going to stay down for very long. The oh, Mets are one, have been one of the worst offensive teams in baseball, and they're one game below 500 right now. Um, you know, on the season. And they don't even have Carrasco. They don't even have Syndergaard back. Um, you know, Jacob deGrom is 2-2 two and two with a .51 ERA. Like, how the hell do you lose two games with a guy, like, you know, the, the guy's ERA is, is .51? The Phillies are better than I thought they would be. The Nationals, I mean, look, they started the season with a COVID pause, right? They, they, they you know, they threw Paulo Espino a couple weeks ago. Eric Fetty was not supposed to start and has been out there. Joe Ross is their second most consistent starter right now. Max Scherzer has been really good for the most part. Strasburg's on the IL. Bell and Schwarber had great springs and then couldn't hit for 14 days. They were isolated for 14 days and had to rejoin the teams randomly in St. Louis. So I think all these teams are rounding, like trying to, they trying to round it. I actually thought the Nationals record was worse than it was when I was like getting ready to prep for the series. I thought they were like, like six and 14 with the way that it just appeared. And, and I was like, okay, like they're staying afloat. The problem is it's what we talked about going into the season, right? It was like, okay, if, if Strasburg goes down, then how are you filling out that rotation? So like now we're getting our first look at John Lester. Um, you know, that's going to be interesting. Right. Uh, Scherzer looks like Scherzer still, which is a huge bonus, obviously. Uh, but, you know, this offense, too, like, is Victor Robles ever going to figure it out? Like, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't look good. Trey Turner is hitting for some power now, which is sick. Uh, and I, I absolutely love Trey Turner. And Soto will be back, I'm, I'm assuming, in the next, you know, few days. Mm-hmm. But, like, is there enough consistency through that lineup? Is there enough consistency through that rotation? Like, I, I feel like there's there's got to be some concern there, right? Like, they're kind of in the purgatory do you buy do you try to add like do you sell do you trade scherzer at some point like what do you do i don't get that see so i see the 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 trade scherzer stuff and here's what you have to understand is that this team fired a bunch of coaching staff last look at a 60 game season they're missing guys it didn't go well and ownership said we're going to change some stuff because we would like to win so they make wholesale changes they don't take as many financial risks just because they're about to get a gigantic contract coming off the books and that's kind of, you know, you don't want to make, you don't want to put yourself a luxury tax this year. It's not the year to do it. It doesn't make any much, much sense for them to do it. 
So I think the trade Scherzer thing doesn't make much sense because this team's still trying to win. Like Josh Harrison, you know, is a winning player that is right now helping them stay afloat. I mean, her, like, like it's crazy. Schwarber and Bell have been awful, but guys like Yadiel Hernandez have stepped up and they're treading water right now, which is fine, like, which is good. They just need to make sure they get their, they need to get the big guns back and, and start getting on a little bit of a, of a roll. Like, I think the six games at home are really big for them. I think, you know, having through the Marlins, like you said, who are way down on some of their key players, they need to take advantage of that. They have to take advantage of that. Yeah, now they got Scherzer going in this series. I think you got to be looking for – like I'm going to be fully honest, you got to be looking for a sweep. They yeah, they got to take they got to take two or three here. That's like that's what they have to do. You, you have to. And, and, but the thing is, the Marlins, as we saw last year, and as we're seeing again here, is like they are just a team that kind of defies logic in a right. lot of ways. They are just relentless. Um, you know, they look like the team that they look like on paper sometimes, where they'll score like two runs against Logan Webb in nine innings or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah. Then then they beat, you know, Corbin Burns. And, and that was the crazy thing is, is I tweeted this stat out the other day, but it was like Corbin Burns and Jacob deGrom at that point had given up a combined six runs all year. And the Marlins had scored five of them mm-hmm. four against Burns and they had deGrom's only earned run. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, that makes no sense, <laughs> but like, that's just the way this Marlins team is. So y- you have that a little bit of unpredictability, but that being said, uh, like to rehash, I mean, the Marlins are missing legitimately like four, maybe five bats from their lineup and then also multiple arms. And you got to be able to take advantage of that for sure. And at least win two. I don't know what the latest is on Cooper um, or Dickerson. Cooper fouled one off his foot and the x-rays came back negative. So I'm assuming Cooper will be available. Dickerson had a groin tweak, so that we don't know. Um, But even then, you know, like you are thin as thin gets with that ball club right now. They're, they're playing Jose Devers, Rafael Devers' brother, who has 33 career games at high A, and that's it. That's it. And uh, he does not look like he's ready to be there. And so you're just – you're looking at some some really, like, stretched out, almost reminiscent of last year kind of ball club where it's going to be a weird series for sure. I just know – I already know it's going to be weird. I don't know how it's going to be weird, but it's going to be weird. And uh, the, the Nationals have to take two out of three. I think – you start slipping a little bit right? if you lose if well, you lose series. you know, I, I hate to look at the standings right now, but, I, you know, I you and I talked about it, and I said, look, 1931, you can't do it this year. It's not really possible to climb out of that hole. But, like, you look at where they are right now, they're only a game and a half out of first place. I agree. But what I will say is that the Braves are playing terribly. Like we said, the Mets are playing oh, terribly. Oh, yes. And those two teams are going to get hot. Yes. They're go- they are going to get hot. When is it going to happen? I don't know. But they're going to get hot, and they're going to play a lot of games against the Nationals. The Marlins, right. they're not great, but they're going to get better. It's impossible for them to not get better, given that they're going to return several starters and their best player. And also, you know, like they're, there's, they're probably going to be better. So when you look at that, it's like, okay, now is the time for the Nationals. Right. Although they are hobbled a little bit too. And this, this, I, this, is, this, is, the, this is the big point is that the, like, you're touching on exactly what I was thinking. The fact that you couldn't make hay right now, whether it be, you know, by hook or by crook, you know, whether it be the, the, because of COVID or because of injuries, like life's not fair. I'm sorry. You know, I feel bad for the team, but that you could probably, you're probably going to be able to point back 
to this moment in time in September and say, why were the Nats four, five, six, seven, you know, whatever, how many games out? Well, it's because when the season started and, you know, we were sitting here on April 29th and the first place team is a 500 ball club. Uh, it's because the Nationals weren't healthy and weren't ready to get, you know, just couldn't be ready to go at this point. And this is exactly what you and I talked about in the season, right? Like all things had to be good and ready to go. Yeah, they or, and gave themselves much margin for error. They didn't. And so now the Braves, you know, are about a 500, I think they're what, 500 now? Around 500 at yeah. this point in time? 500 baseball team, and they don't have their best pitcher back yet. You know, two, they had two of the best pitchers on the – say uh, the, on the IL and they've got, you know, their lineups starting to hit a little bit better, right? The Phillies. I mean, I think, I think they're going to be around the entire, that team feels like they're going to win eight, lose seven, win eight, lose like type deal the entire year. And then the Mets, unless Jeff McNeil, unless Michael Conforto, uh, you know, uh, Lindor, Dom Smith, all of those guys are going to have to have like the worst year of their career for that offense to be bad. Yeah, and they're and Cindergaard's gonna have to not come back and Carrasco. Like it's just be a disaster. Yes, they're too good. They're too good. Um, and that's why it's a little scary. And also, when I look at the Braves, like Freeman's not hitting right now. Right. Uh, Ozuna, he homered the other day, but like it was not has not been hitting up to this point. Uh, Acuna's missed a handful of games. Like that team you mentioned, Soroka being out. Max Freed has been atrocious. This is a team that is only going to get better. it's a little scary. It is a little yeah. scary. It's going to be fun. Yes. And, you know, it, the unfortunate thing for the Nationals is like, and the Marlins is this would be an opportunity for both of those teams to, to kind of capitalize on that. But they're kind of in the same situation too. You know, the Marlins are obviously beat up. The Nationals are beat up. And like, especially with, with a team like the Nats, Juan Soto not being in your lineup. Like I know people, you can look at war and like, let's say Soto has a phenomenal season. It's like an eight war season. I'm sorry, but he is way more important than eight wins. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like having that guy in or out of your lineup is immeasurable. How many games he wins you, Um, whether it shows up in in war or not, he's, he's the difference in my opinion, having him on the team versus not having him on the team is a difference of 30 wins. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, you're totally right. I mean, like it's, it's, you know, having that guy there in that spot, I mean, Josh Harrison, Yadiel Hernandez are not meant to hit the top of the lineup. Like it's great that they're doing well. I've always like, loved are, Josh Harrison. Though. Yeah, I love. Dude, I, I was. I was. So, I, I, think I do too. Be, I do yeah, too. He's. I, it's I, not I, like he's hit a home run last night, but like his job is not to just crank. I mean, the guy gets on base. He's pretty fast. He's really energetic, and his job is just to rip singles. And he loves playing for his team. And he kills lefties. He's kind of yeah. like how he Kendrick was when he was going well for the Nats. The Nationals' entire team kills lefties. They, I think they have yeah. the best batting average in baseball against lefties. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Zimmerman and and you know. Turner Josh Harrison, and yeah. yeah, and Josh Harrison, but like Harrison reminds me of like what Howie Kendrick was, but even a little bit more like I'm fun. I missed t- I, on the podcast today. Um, I accidentally said Howie Kendrick hit a home run last night because I I was like I meant Josh Harrison they're, they're so because they're like they're the same player. Yes, yeah, they do the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I love, it. I love it though. You, having a guy like that, I think, is crazy valuable. Where yeah, you plug him in and and just demolish lefties. But now he's hitting both. Um, I feel like every good team has a guy like that. I mean, right. the Rays, how big was Mike Brasso for the Braves, yeah. for the Rays last year? Like it, those guys are always great, but yeah, yeah they're winning. Is- they're winning players is what it is. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the, about the pitching. So this weekend, I mean, ESPN is never always that reliable, but they've got Pablo Lopez. And then um, I know obviously 
Uh, Paul Campbell is not normally somebody who is in the starting rotation. Looks like he'll no. be making the start. Is that going to happen or no? It's it's very possible. The, the Marlins have been kind of coy on that, but like he's a rule five guy. So they're like just kind of using him as much as they can right. before they make a real decision on him. He's just like a swing man, middle reliever, spot starter type of guy. He's been struggling. I think the Marlins should part ways with him. This might be his last stand. Uh, but I also could see the Marlins going with like a Jordan Holloway um, as like an opener and going two or three innings and then going bullpen game from there uh, because I, I've been really impressed with Jordan Holloway. So it's really going to depend on whether they want to give Campbell one more shot. Um, I think Campbell's shown some good things. I actually like him, uh, but you know, he just has not quite been the luckiest and he's also just gotten himself into some bad situations. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar for a long time. If you have not tried it yet, what in the hell are you waiting for? Built Bar is the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate. Remember this promo code. It is LOCKED15. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com right now, Use that promo code once again, locked15. You'll get 15% off on your first purchase. What are you waiting for? Go to builtbar.com right now. Try all of their amazing built bars. Get the variety pack. Use that promo code locked15, and you'll get 15% off at your next purchase at builtbar.com. He was also pitching in like a downpour last outing. I felt bad for him, <laughs> but you know, like he's not great. Um, yeah. But he's better than like a few guys that we've seen fill in for other teams so far right. this season. So I, I think that he'll probably be the guy making the start, but I could also see Holloway as an opener. Uh, that's going to be a bullpen game though, regardless. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Lopez is, has been really strong. Once again, he's going to get the ball on Friday nights. So that's actually a pretty interesting pitching matchup between Pablo Lopez and uh, Joe Ross, who's been, who's been pretty good so far this year. Um He's been excellent. I mean, and the guy I think everybody really, you know, really wants to talk about is is uh, Trevor Rogers, and yeah. he has been, you know, twenty three years old, just absolutely electric so far this year. I mean, yeah, this team, like they, we knew they had a chance, and that's why they're still around five hundred. I mean, like they just have this dynamic pitching staff full of oh young, unbelievable so arms, and he's a, he's a huge part of it, man. Oh, so I gave him out, you know, heading into the year. You did, my, you did, my dark horse rookie of the year candidate. Because his fastball is just so electric that it's he's deceptive. He's six six, crazy spin rate on it. But he he all of a sudden now throws harder than he ever did. He's up to ninety eight, sits more in the ninety five to ninety six range. Mm-hmm. But like with the deception, with the spin, and just the explosiveness out of his hand, it is ridiculous how hard it is to hit that fastball. I think opponents are hitting like one seventy against it, and he throws it sixty three percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing he has working for him is that his best out pitch is his changeup. So the fact that you have to gear up for that fastball, which is one of the best fastballs in baseball right now, according to whiff rate and batting average. And now the changeup is his best secondary pitch, which just helps that fastball play up. It's a miserable at bat for guys right now, right. whether you're a righty or a lefty. If you're a righty, uh, the changeup is more effective against you. If you're a lefty, the fastball is harder to pick up. And then he changed his grip on a slider, and that's been a great pitch for him. And I am really hoping that Juan Soto will be healthy 
for that game three because I want to see Trevor Rogers versus Juan Soto so badly um, just because of like the left on left electric fastball. How does Soto hang in there? And uh, it's obviously the ultimate gauge for uh, Trevor Rogers, but I mean, he's been so exciting and uh, I think, well, he pitched to a one five ERA the whole season. Of course not, but I do think that this success is sustainable uh, 100%. All right, uh, Aram, what is one? What is the thing you're looking for the most in this series as we kind of wrap up here? What are you looking for uh, the most just from a maybe general perspective, Marlon's perspective, whatever, you can go any direction you want? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously health is something to follow. Um, but, you know, let's assume that a lot of guys are still missing. For, for the Marlins, it need, they need that bullpen to continue to be actually surprisingly solid. And, and it has been. Um, since they blew a couple saves, they put Yimmy Garcia in the closer role. They've put Dylan Floro, who they acquired from the Dodgers, in the eighth inning role. And Anthony Bass, who was initially the closer from the Blue Jays that they just signed this offseason, he's now been more in the seventh inning role, and he's been lights out since he blew the two saves. So this bullpen, that's the big that's the big question for them because if it can perform to a higher level and continue to do what it's been doing – then the Marlins can squeeze out some more victories with a light hitting offense. We know the starting pitching is going to keep them in games and we know the offense isn't going to be great, but if you score two, three runs with your starting pitching and you know, a solid bullpen, that's not going to give it up. You can win some ball games scoring three runs in the meantime and tread water. And so I think that's the big key is timely hitting and, you know, can they uh, keep putting up zeros out of the bullpen? Jesus Aguilar, has been on fire. Mm-hmm. That guy can single-handedly probably win them ball games if he can drive in a couple runs. He's first in the league in, in RBI right now. And, uh, you know, that's where the Marlins are going to need just a couple runs, push him across, and then hope the bullpen can can hold it up because this rotation has just been as good as any in baseball, really, this year. All right, Aram, where can people find you and your work? You can find me at Leighton 8 on Twitter and at LO underscore MLB Prospects. I'll be doing a lot more draft coverage coming up soon and uh, it should be a lot of fun this season. I'm, I'm assuming the Nats will take a bat. I mean, good God, I hope they take a bat. I hope so. But <laughs> once again, I joke, it's going to be a right-handed pitcher. That's who uh, it's going to be in the first round. We'll see, but I will be doing plenty of coverage there as we get closer. Awesome. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks, man. That will do it for this edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast. As always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore and I know, guys, Spotify and Apple have been acting up recently. Podcasts have not been appearing. So if one doesn't, you know, make sure you check both feeds, basically. If you have Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, check both. I know episodes have not been appearing for both my podcasts, Locked on Big 12 and Locked on Nationals. So make sure you guys check both those feeds. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can DM me if you guys are not seeing the episodes. And I'll go take a look to make sure that they are posted and appearing and all that stuff and try to get an answer for you all. And as always, until next time, stay safe.